This episode is brought to you in part by Harvest House Publishers and the new book, The Good Gift of Weakness. Discover how human weakness not only allows God's strength to shine, but it was all by His design. The Good Gift of Weakness is now available wherever books are sold. You're listening to episode 157. Today I'm going to ruin my family. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Uh, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. No one wakes up and decides, hey, today I'm going to uh, ruin my marriage, neglect my kids, and cause mistrust in my family. Yet sometimes our personal goals and busyness can, can actually lead us there. And yeah... Our spouse and children can then feel like they have taken second or last place to everything else on our plates. That's why in today's episode, we're so thankful to have Dr. Josh and Christy Straw back on our show to share with us how seven core decisions can help us put what's most important center stage in our lives. And if you can carve out 20 minutes a day for your child, it can fuel their soul. Josh and Christy address the struggles families face in a culture that competes for their time, attention, and identity. So whether you found yourself putting more effort into becoming famous on stages outside of the home or your stage is the home, they offer guidance and inspiration to help you give your family your best instead of your leftovers. We love and appreciate Dr. Josh and Christy dearly. Together, they lead Famous at Home, an organization devoted to equipping leaders, organizations, military families, and churches in emotional intelligence and family wellness. They host the weekly Famous at Home podcast, lead a year-long coaching cohort called The Leader's Heart, and have written children's books on emotional intelligence. Josh and Christy love spending time on the lake with their three sweet kids and their feisty golden doodle. Oh, I get the feistiness. We also (laughs) have a doodle. Yeah. (laughs) And she is feisty. Yes. So for all of today's show notes and to find out more about Dr. Josh and Christy, go to inbetween.org slash episode 157. Let's jump in, y'all. Well, Josh and Christy, it's so great to be with y'all. Thank you so much for having us, guys. It's always fun. Awesome. We just love it. Like for me, this is like coming home. Yeah. You know, I just, even your <laughs> accent, I'm like, oh, just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Canadian plus the y'all, right? I mean, you. <laughs> totally. It's a little bit of everything yeah, mixed it is, in there. It is. Exactly. People will listen to me and they're like, you're from where exactly? I'm like, I know. It confuses a lot of people, but. Yeah. And then you'll come back to Canada and they'll be like. Where yeah, are you yeah, from? I know, you don't I sound know. like you're from here. Yeah, I get made fun of. They're like, oh, you're so Southern. Yeah. I'm like, really? I mean, y'all does. It's a useful word, though. Is, you can it use is. it in so many places. Oh, for sure. Yeah, a lot more inclusive than you I guys. I have adopted it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the we're, yes, we actually have really only been talking for a minute, you know, post-recording, but we've been talking for the last half hour. <laughs> Just, just catching up, yes. exactly. So we'll we'll kind of pause that, and uh, you know, the purpose of this interview really is you guys put out a new book, Famous at Home: Seven Decisions to Put Your Family Center Stage in a World Competing for Your Time, Attention, and Identity. And you open your book with an invitation to be famous at home. Uh, we'd love for your, uh, you guys just to share what being famous at home looks and feels like, and, and why it's so important. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And, you know, sorry for the long subtitle. Um, part of that is it, <laughs> SEO. Uh, <laughs> I had to breathe a couple times. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Amazon, you know, the, the publishing company, it's all about keywords and Amazon so and search and, you know, so, but, um, but it truly is putting your family center stage because the world is competing for our time, attention, and identity. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the reality. And so it's so easy, especially when you get a dopamine bump by, you know, speaking or, you know, playing music or meeting with, you know, your, 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 your board of your organization. Like we find value and identity, a lot of cases, and I'm speaking as men in what we do mm-hmm. and, and, and this for women too. But I mean, when you go home then and you're, playing a game of shoots and ladders where your opponent has no idea which way is up and which way is down. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't have the same, you know, excitement level or you come home and, or, you know, in, in either way, you know, your spouse had a really hard day and you come home and it's like, you're just at each other and you don't get the same affirmation and same. And so it's easy for the world, the way that our world works to be drawn outside of it for your identity, for your attention. I mean, let's, I mean, we don't even need to talk about cell phones. Like, I mean, we can be inside our house and chasing as well. Yeah, yeah. And so, but, but the reality is, is that at the end of the day, the most important, we are already famous in our home. So mm-hmm. we're seeking fame outside the home in whatever way that looks like for you. We could define fame in, in any, you know, which way we want to, but it's really, where's your attention pulled? Where's your identity? What are you chasing? In other words, you know, we start the book talking about your chase and the things that we chase. And, but the reality is, is that your biggest fans already live under your roof. Mm-hmm. And what happens most often is they end up getting our leftovers. And this is just really a way of saying, listen, here's how we show up well, so that at the end of life, we are not looking back and regretting that we didn't show up for our biggest fans. Right. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you talked about something, a dopamine bump of finding uh, maybe satisfaction outside of the home. So can you explain a little bit for uh, our podcast family who may not understand necessarily what that chemical is or what it does to our brains? And also, um, is it just a matter of changing where our focus is? Like if we enjoy the dopamine bumps outside of the home, does it mean we just have to look for ways we can get quote unquote dopamine bumps in our inside our home? Yeah, great question. And I think, you know, so dopamine is the, you know, it, it triggers the pl- pleasure center of the brain, right? And so it's it's the part where, I mean, you know, when you look at a brain scan, you'll see that part of the brain like hi- highlighted for certain drugs. Um, actually, you know, um, a 12 year old using a cell phone does not look much different than a cocaine addict, mm-hmm. like in that part of the brain, mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like giving a cell phone to a 12 year old is like giving them cocaine and a lot of like the, the addiction, the, the, the allure um, is so strong. It's why gamification is so big because, you know, the gamification causes dopamine bumps in the brain and keeps you going back and going back and going back for more. And so often what ends up happening is it's so funny. I was reading a book this morning where this therapist was saying, and, and a lot of major therapists throughout history have said they do not see people. Sigmund Freud, all the way back to Sigmund Freud, said they do not want to see people who are in love. Because when you're crazy in love, your your brain is just flooded. It's like it's it literally like makes you crazy. Mm. So anyway, so I was thinking about that in terms of dopamine, but but you know, I remember sitting with our son Landon. This was a number of years ago, and 
I remember sitting and I tell a story in the book where I'm, you know, the kids wanted to play Thomas the train, right? And you got the wooden train tracks mm-hmm. and, and I think Christy was out of town. So it was me and the two oldest, our third born, our third hadn't been born yet. And so we uh, were playing trains and I can remember it was like during speaking season and I don't remember exactly what was going on, but um, I was like, I think I was scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or something. And I was just seeing what was going on on that particular weekend and events and conferences and things like that. And it was, I don't know if, if one of my kids, you know, asked me to put the phone away. I don't know if it, I just woke up in the moment and was like, I'm not truly playing trains right now. Like I'm, I'm not present. I'm chasing something. I don't know what I'm chasing, but I'm chasing something. And so I put the phone away and I spent the next hour phone completely away and just went to the Island of Sodor. (laughs) And I entered into the Island of Sodor and we had a birthday party for Percy and there was a massive snowstorm in the Island of Sodor. And we had to figure out a way to get the other trains from one end of Sodor to the other end. And it just became this beautiful hour that I'll never forget entering into their world. And we went to bed later that night. And during that season, I would ask the kids, what was your favorite part of the day? And before I could ask Landon his favorite part of the day, as I was tucking him into bed, he asked me first. And I started to well up with tears because as I looked back on it, that one hour that I spent with my kids was the most beautiful part of my day. Mm. And it start, It was a moment, it was one of those defining moments for me that started to change and look at what am I really chasing in my life? And to start finding that when I enter into those small, those seemingly insignificant smaller moments with your kids that are actually way more significant than anything else we're chasing in the world. When you actually start to enter into those, there's an, it, it, there's, there's, there can be a dopamine bump, but it's building oxytocin in the brain, which oxytocin is in its, in its bonding you and your kids. It's a bonding hormone that, that bonds you and your children together, you and your spouse together when you spend meaningful time with one another. And, and so that's really what the first part is all about Mm -hmm. is finding and discovering what we're chasing. Mm -hmm. You know, T Barnum, you know, in the greatest showman, he has this chase. He's the quintessential famous. I mean, he's standing on the rooftop with his family, the kids, the girls are dancing through those sheets and yet his mind is elsewhere. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, you know, those moments where you have your family together but you're not truly there. Mm-hmm. Your, your mind is somewhere else. It's chasing something. And so to ask yourself, what is it that I'm chasing? Where is it that I'm putting my identity? What is stealing my time, my attention, my affection away from my biggest fans? Yeah, that's so good. Christy, I, we'd love to hear from you, like um, what famous at home looks and feels like for you. Yeah, even as Josh is talking, you know, and I think this is not specific. I don't think this is gender specific, but I do think as a mom, I we do have different roles and we do have different things that we're chasing that are pulling us away. And I like literally just the other day, I mean, even just the the daily to-do list mm-hmm. of what it takes. Like I do work, I do homeschool, and I do mostly run the home, you know? I like the buying of things, the, just the like amassing of, you know, the clothes for the kids, the food, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, meal planning, all of that stuff usually falls on me. And if you think about like, I know I'm a driven person, but that list drives me of like checking off of getting done, of accomplishing more than 
sitting with my kids Mm -hmm. and playing more than even like that precious little bit of, you know, one-on-one time that, you know, husband and wife get often after kids are tucked in. It's like, tomorrow. Okay. What do we got to you know, I got to get that done. We got to get this or, or you're just, you're just checked out and you're just like, I just want to watch a show and just zone out. And so much of our, like really our best hours, our best time is taken in other pursuits. Right. And that's not wrong. That's not bad, but it's just this realization that it's become flipped somewhere mm-hmm. along the way, I guess in the industrial revolution, when we started going outside of the home to work and we started getting pulled our attentions outside, we started caring a whole lot about what other people think. And that time and attention that we spend on curating a life that looks good for other people, Mm -hmm. those people that are, you know, they come into our home and it's like the things we have, the food we have, the, you know, the clothes we're wearing, all of those, like they're details, like small details, but they can consume a life. And just the other day, like I was... My daughter was like in my face, like I, but I didn't even realize it. Like she was like right up in my face and I have my phone and I'm scrolling through our pan. We needed new like pans for what are those? Like Like frying pans. Frying pans. Frying pans. pans. (laughs) Really? I am a very, you know, accomplished chef that knows the term frying pan. Anyway, (laughs) we're not trying to win awards over here. We're just trying to feed some people, but I... Like I'm like I, there's there's too many choices. Oh, Can we just, no just pause a second? Like yeah. it's overwhelming. So you have to do your research because I don't know. Apparently, some of the other pans are like killing people. So exactly. I gotta find another pan. Causing cancer or something. Yep. Exactly. I you know you don't want the eggs to stick, but you don't want to like die or <laughs> either. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm trying to find a pan, you know, and I'm just like lost in this. And Kenny is like, mom, mom mom, can we, and she wanted to bake muffins for the neighbors. Like she's the sweetest, most giving, kind-hearted child that I don't know where she came from. She's just (laughs) joy and delight. And I'm like, yes, yes. Baking muffins for the neighbors. Cause she thinks they're too busy. That's really the reason she feels like they're gone all the time. That is so precious. Kids get it. Kids get it. We somehow know. And so anyway, I'm, I realized in the moment, it was almost like Josh's moment on the island of Sodor where you're just like, whoa, like what world am I living in actually? Like why? And not that I I need to buy frying pans. I'm not negating the fact that we need to get stuff done, nor the fact that like there are very worthwhile pursuits that we need. And, and God has given us callings and giftings and purpose that we need to fulfill but it has to be in the proper order. And that's really what Famous at Home is about, is getting things back in the proper order. Because when they are, that's when we're actually unleashed to do really well on our stage, whatever that looks like. Right. We use the term stage, meaning it's visible. It's the thing we do that's outward facing in the world. Whatever that looks like to you. You might be a teacher. You might work in a cubicle. You might commute and you know you might drive truck. Whatever it is for you... Mm-hmm. That's what you do on your stage. And being famous at home is a thing that we believe truly equips you to do that well. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed y'all's book, his Famous at Home. Uh, we're only going to be able to talk really about the the children and the family aspect, but uh, podcast family, you need to pick up the book because I go through uh, different parts of, you know, what does it mean to be famous at home in your individual life? So looking at your priorities and then also at your marriage and also at your family. So it is mm-hmm. just a uh, 
really practical tool to be able to even self-assess where you are. Mm -hmm. So in the last third of your book, you describe these seven decisions that a person can make to put their family center stage, as you were talking about, Christy. Uh, We're just wondering why the word decision and not steps Mm. or tips? Was there a a purpose Mm. behind choosing that exact word decision? Yeah, I remember going for a walk with uh, one of my friends here in Nashville. He's a very famous uh, musician in the country music space. And I remember him talking to me and he said, Josh, he said, if I'm going to take this to my friends and to people in my community, what would you like? What are like the um, baby steps? What are the things you would have them do um, to be famous at home? And that conversation, you know, led to some of this idea of turning them into decisions rather than steps. Because as I told him, we, the, the pressure, as we just talked about in the world, that's pulling us away, you have to choose. Like you have to choose, am I going to do this? And so the first, so, so the first decision, for example, really starts with, uh, there's seven decisions. They really move from a place of, in the first two, looking at who am I, self-awareness, mm-hmm. into... Um, your relationship with your spouse and your kids, and then ultimately into you as a family. And so, but they're decisions that really move from self-awareness to others' awareness in your home. And you've got to be able to make those decisions. Like for the example, the first one is- But can I say too, I think you need to know that that's a decision to make. I think often we don't even realize it's a decision we have to make. Mm-hmm. We just start running on autopilot right. and we do what other, we see other people doing yeah. around us. And yeah. so I think that we chose the word decision because we realize mm-hmm. it, the power is ours, but it's a power to choose. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, do this and all shall be well. It's like, it's a daily choosing. Yeah. We call it, you know, yeah. it's like an overnight success, a decade in the making. Mm-hmm. It takes, it's going to show up a decade, two decades out, how well we did this. And this is not like a gold star we hope for one day, right. although there are gold stars on the book because, you know, that's cute. But um, <laughs> it, is a, it is like we will reap these rewards for generations yeah, to good. come. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's a continual daily, just like it is following Christ, right. a daily dying self and choosing, choosing like how shall I live this day? Yeah. 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 And no, no, it was, it was fantastic because that's the, you know, the, if you don't pay attention and make the decisions for your family Mm -hmm. and and I believe this is believers, we should be the ones as families influencing the culture around us, not allowing the culture to influence us as families. And I think so often the culture is influencing our home and infiltrating our home more than we realize that it is. Mm -hmm. Even just think of like running from one activity to another and just getting caught up in the chaos of the busyness of schedules. Mm -hmm. Right. And like this idea that every individual has to be doing their own thing and find, you know, and and I'm not saying that that's not true, but at some point, if you're sacrificing your family for the sake of one individual, that's, I don't think it's biblical. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'd love for you to just to zoom in a little bit more on these decisions and and maybe just give us a a quick overview of a few of them. Uh, And yeah, we just love to hear. Just some more for our podcast yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and and so like I was saying earlier, like those first couple are all about you know how I think one of the one of the misnomers of parenting is that uh, we have to be all always on for our kids without taking care of ourselves. It's mm-hmm. like we have to neglect ourselves. But the reality is, is you can sum up all of parenting research into one primary conclusion, and that is that our kids become who we are. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to pay attention to yourself. 
Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Like we've got to love ourselves. We've got to take care of ourselves. And so that first decision is really all about what do you have to do to show up as the best version of you? And the way to describe that is the best version of you in Christ. Like you've got to find who you are and what is. And so for me, one of those early decisions was um, getting up first thing in the morning before anybody's awake so that I can work out and spend time with God before anybody else is even out of bed Mm -hmm. because I show up differently for my wife and for my kids when those things are done. And I just, my mind is settled and I'm ready for the day. Christy, one of her first decisions when we started doing this was to not eat sugar because anytime she ate sugar, she... Oh, it's just like a, it's just a slippery slope. And and so (laughs) it's like, it's like she felt bad about herself and then her feeling bad about herself internally would project onto me. Hmm. And so she treated me in not so fun ways. And so simply just not eating sugar, like... Like, you know, when you're just mad at yourself and it probably it's shame really, mm-hmm. but when you're stuck in those shame cycles, like you get, your wrath goes out to everyone else because you're, 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 you can't get yourself right. right. And so you have to get mad at someone else, honestly. And so I think that shame blame thing becomes really prevalent in a home when mom and dad are struggling with their own stuff and we will, mm-hmm. like we're human. But let's, again, it's decisions. I think so often we feel like victims and there's a lot of things that are actually under our control as choices. Mm, And so for me, that was one. And it sounds silly, maybe, but it was a game changer because I stopped running after, like, after something that felt like this is, it's taking over me. Mm. Like it becomes an addiction, you know? And I'm not in control anymore. And that is like just the opposite of a spirit lived and, you know, felt filled life. And so I think so often we look at, you know, famous at home generally. Yes. People are like, it's about marriage and family. Yes. True. Mm -hmm. But the people that are in a marriage and the people that are in a family, that's where we start because if we don't hit the person on the individual level first, the rest of it's just relational dynamics. Mm. You can teach those all day long. Right. Like, you know, the, that's, we know that there's a reason why we're struggling in our home. There's a reason why you're struggling with it. It's you're struggling within yourself. Like, I mean, we are at war within ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's, and as we battle and really like give this to the Lord, like a lot of these decisions, they get a lot easier, mm. but it's surrender. And often it, it truly means choosing the harder thing at first. Okay. And so we always encourage you, like, what's the first decision? Like, what's that first thing that you know for you? Like, because it's so unique to everyone and do not try to hit 10. Like, I've got 10 goals mm-hmm. of things I want to improve, you know, it only, or change. It, and it only takes a two degree shift. We talk about yeah. vectoring a plane. It only takes a two degree shift. So it's like one simple decision to make to start. And so like the first two really hone in on that individual. Yeah. How do I show up as the best version of me? And then the second part of that is the atmosphere of your home. Okay. You, you know, our homes have an atmosphere about them. And and um, yeah, so I don't know how deep to go into this, but they, our homes have an atmosphere about them. And you know, so we have an assessment in the book to take a look at what's your atmosphere look like, mm-hmm. um, you know, from one end to another. So so you could have fear versus peace, mm-hmm. right? Is my home one of filled with fear or is it filled with peace? And where is it on that continuum? And for, you know, you and your spouse to, each do those individually and then come together and look at where, 
what one strategy do we need to implement to start shifting the atmosphere of our home okay. into one that might be one of rest rather than exhaustion? Yeah. Um, like chaos you know, versus order. Yeah. Like so, there's so many things and you realize like you feel them when you walk into someone's home, hmm. but you're so used to the atmosphere that lives in yours. And, but we have, you become the- familiar. Yeah. yeah. You become familiar with what lives in yours. And until you take a step back and you go, Oh, wait a minute. Our home is our home really feeling at peace. Is our home really, um, you know, is there joy? Is there gratitude? Is, is there, there grumbling and complaining? Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things. And with young kids, there's probably a lot of that. That's one of the things we talked about in the book with our kids is how we did that. Um, so anyway, so, so there's those two. And then the middle three are really around emotion. Okay. And I think this is kind of where we want to um, hone in on for this episode. But so the third one is talking about emotion. Mm-hmm. I believe that we are in, is. I think as a culture, we're biblically illiterate. And I also think we're also emotionally illiterate. And I think the more we can bring those two together, the closer to God we come. Uh, The the, the more we get to hear from God, experience God, as we become biblically literate and emotionally literate. So decision three is really about all about talking about emotion in your home. Mm -hmm. Decision four is how you implement that with your marriage. Decision five is how you implement that with your kids. And then six and seven are really about the rhythms and the values and the vision that you have for your family and how you how you structure those. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber and author of the Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold. Yeah. Thank you so much for going through those seven decisions. I know podcast fam, you're already like, oh my goodness, that went too fast. (laughs) Yes, because there is a time limit, but there is no time limit in picking up the book and going through each decision. So if you felt like, oh, Josh and Christy, I wish you could talk about that more. Actually, they did in the book. (laughs) So make sure to pick up your copy. That's the reason we did it. Because like when we coach families, like we go through this over, over the span of a month. Like months, oh, okay. we, we go through this. Yeah. This is basically so, our play-by-play coaching book in coaching families. Okay. Yeah, and so, but we really like we can't. It's just we needed a way to serve more people and right. to put this in the hands of more people because it's not. It's a lot of it. It's not rocket science, mm-hmm. but it is. Um, you know, we talked about like it's not rocket science. It's just brain surgery. It's like rewiring <laughs> our brain. Love that. And, yeah. And in, in a way that that, like, that brings back relationship. It yeah. brings it all back to relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate uh, you, Christy, especially saying the fact that, you know, you, you coaching families, this is over months. Because yeah. I think, especially when we. Over years. Yeah, exactly. And especially when we, maybe we're listening and we're feeling a little tang of guilt because there's a lot of times when our kids want to play trains and yet we're looking at our phones. Um, these decisions are not going to happen overnight. First, like you were saying, you need to realize that they are actually decisions. Maybe you need to realize you're doing things that are communicating to your kids what you don't want to communicate. Uh, and then it's going to take time and investment, uh, accountability, and maybe even community 
to really help you call out these things and to change them. So thank you for showing even grace to our podcast family of just saying, hey, um, you know, this didn't happen overnight for us. It will probably not happen overnight to you for you, but it is a journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I can say this too, this is an ongoing journey that we continue to like, even as you get to decision seven or six and seven, like with rhythms, right. rhythms are something you always want to be talking about. Okay. Decision five, like and what he's talking about, those are like the daily, weekly, yearly rhythms that you set for your family. Right. And right. we go into a lot of detail about that, but I think, you know, it, it's not just, you know, it's not just about being present to like be with our kids. It's like, how are we structuring our lives and making decisions accordingly? Like in terms of jobs, mm. in terms of where, you our, live. where we live, our, um, the, how we vacation. Mm. Yeah. The uh, things we, how much time we spend extra, with in-laws, extracurricular things, what we sign our kids up for, what we say yes to, like all of these things. You're taking control of your family and how you lead your family is really what it's all about mm. rather than being by the world around you, by a job or all those other things. Now there's, there's things you can and can't control, but I think we can control our family life a lot more than we have been. Which is when that's where we get into the setting your family values, because ultimately we are living by a set of values, whether or not we realize it or not. And if we can actually pinpoint what our values are and what God has, like they will be unique to every family. Hmm. What God has uniquely created your family to do and the purpose that it's called, like you are called to run in, that will change everything. For us, yeah. setting our values, not setting them, defining them. Because <laughs> you realize you have them. Right. Um, and sometimes you realize you're actually living by a set of values you don't really like. Mm-hmm. You just acquired them, adopted them. They're from people around you, your parents, you know you thought you were supposed to and going through this process of where you actually set your family values, you'll realize like decisions will become easy. Things that, you know, like you say, even a job decision, we realize like we talk about currency. There is more than just one currency. Peace is a currency. Mm. Joy is a currency. And so, yeah, you might sacrifice and we're working with people right now. You might sacrifice a job that's paying you really well. And you realize in the end, this is not worth it. My peace, my marriage, the joy in my family, that actually is a higher currency than, than money. Mm -hmm. I just, I just got done speaking at a uh, parenting conference yesterday and, uh, there was a couple there, both doctors. This was down in sunny Florida, both doctors. They have young kids and, but they never, like their time, their, their shifts were uh, opposite of one another, right? So like, oh, right. and they're just massive amounts of time. And right. because there's so many um, elderly, uh, or I should say more seasoned people in Florida, um, you know, they, they vied for time off, vied for time off, they couldn't get it. So they decided to move from Florida to South Dakota to live a more, <laughs> to live a smaller and more, a slower paced life mm. where they can still be doctors, but prioritize their family. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, that's some commitment right there to prioritize your family, to move from the heat to the to snow. To South Dakota. You know? but, but, I'm, we're Canadian. What are we talking about? <laughs> <But it> was, <laughs> we like, we like to, to, to pretend that there are, there are harder places to live. <laughs> South Dakota. It's like a balmy vacation. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, what we're so, going in but, a few weeks. What do you yeah. say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but to the point, it's like when you know your values, and I'm not saying everybody has to leave their jobs, but you might look at your values and go, oh, wait a minute. It's 
we're not we're not showing up for our kids the way we want. We're not yeah. showing up for each other the way we want. Maybe it would lead to that. Yeah. So, or, or like we're not even living a life we enjoy. Hmm. Like when do we ever stop to take inventory and look at our lives and be like, what? What? I feel like we get married, we start having kids, we run this rat race, we need to make money to feed the kids and clothe the, you know? And so we just keep going and we look up a decade, two decades in and it's like, what is this for? What life are we living? Did we choose it or are we just running on the, like the rat race? And so I think for me, like it's just an evaluation of like, what life do you want to live? Like what life are you called to live? And it, there's so much freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just so much joy yeah. that is on the discovery of it. And you know what? That's then. that's so important. That's so important that as individuals and as a couple that we need to ask. Um, because as we see in decision five, which is entering your child's world, mm-hmm. there's so much intentionality that we need to take in order to enter their world. And in the book, you describe four ways to do that and the principle of 20 minutes a day. So we'd love for you, uh, just as we uh, come to the close of our podcast, uh, we'd love for you just to explain those four ways and how how you can do it in 20 minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Give us all your tips. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the 20 minutes is is somewhat separate, like in terms of the way that we would describe that. But those four ways, um, yeah. So I'm trying to think as we come to the close of the podcast, uh, you have to go get the book. Like, yeah. I, no, <laughs> no, completely. I mean, there's there's so yeah. much, so right. much in the book, right? Yeah. So, um, so, so I think that the the big piece of that really comes down to, as Christy was saying, I just want to dovetail off what she's saying because I think it's important. When you give your kids a purpose greater than themselves, mm-hmm. it's one of the greatest gifts you can give to your kids. And I think so often our ability, we're managing the day-to-day that we're not thinking about becoming an overnight success a decade in the making, as Christy said. Like we get caught up with discipline issues. We get caught up with schoolwork. We get caught up with what's happening in today that we tend to miss the greater 30,000-foot view of what what are we instilling over the long haul of their lives? Mm. And so the four key things that we – so the whole idea of 20 minutes a, a day – really comes down, uh, Stanley Greenspan, who's a neuroscience researcher, created this thing called floor time, where you sit with your kids. And, and this really is more in the infancy, toddler, preschool, early years. But we apply it all across the board because I, I don't think we ever stop becoming kids. And so this idea that when, especially when you have multiple kids, rarely do your individual children get individual time with you or the individual attention the way that, um, you know, it's like they're vying for it. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of creating 20 minutes a day where you can enter into the island of Sodor, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes a day where you can sit with your daughter or your son and bake some muffins, where you enter into their world and do what they want to do. And, you know, you're not commanding the play. I mean, obviously you have boundaries, but you're not, you're not doing what you want to do. You're entering their world and doing what they want to do. It's gold for a child's brain. Mm. And so coming from that, um, we have these four uh, ways that we help uh, just really coach parents on what does it mean to enter into your kid's world? And, you know, in um, in parenting research, there's this idea that, you know, the brain. So the amygdala, the fight, flight or freeze response, 
when that is going off in a child, it shuts the prefrontal cortex down. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it shuts the ability for them to think straight down. So their, their ability to, you know, have emotion regulation, their ability to problem solve, their ability to have cognitive flexibility or social skills or self-control, that's shut down when our kids are emotionally overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to really show up well emotionally for our kids is to that 20 minutes a day. And by the way, if you have 10, 12 kids, like you're not going to be able to get 20 minutes for each kid, right? <laughs> but focus on the child who's really struggling or the child who you're worried about when you lay in bed at night. Hone in on saying, I'm going to get 20 minutes at least, you know, with that child tomorrow. Mm. And one of the ways that we talk about that is that it, there's a calming effect on their brain when they're overwhelmed. So the first thing that we're talking about here is in this 20 minutes, you can do any of these in this 20 minutes. But the whole idea is that you're you're getting that 20 minutes with your kids to champion their strengths or interests is the first one. Mm. So find what it is they love to do and enter into their world and do it. Mm. The second one is calming their brain. And it might be that you're just playing and you're championing their strengths and interests. You're sitting down and playing the piano with them, uh, you know, for 20 minutes or whatever that looks like. There might be a day that they're emotionally overwhelmed and part of your time with them is calming their brain and helping them, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're just distraught, you know, they're, they're, they're hangry, they're hungry, they're angry, you know, they're tired, whatever it is. It's like, you're just holding them. You're embracing them. You're holding them. You know, it's like, I think as parents so often, we have to remember that God delights in us. Like he genuinely loves us. Like, like. I don't know, like, do you know, as you're listening right now, how much God loves you? Hmm. You know, the Bible says we love because he first loved us. Right. And that when we remain in the vine, we can't do anything if we don't remain in the vine. Like Hmm. our ability to experience his love, Hmm. not just in Ephesians 3.19, Paul writes, I pray that you might know beyond knowledge the love of God for you, like to to experience his love. And our children experiencing his love comes out of our experiencing his love. And so our ability to help calm their brain when they're emotionally overwhelmed is is really powerful. And so we talk about that and how it relates to Philippians 4 when Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not until after that that he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, pure, holy, excellent, noble, anything praiseworthy. He says, think on these things. I think he wrote it in that order because I think Paul understood that we can't think straight when we're anxious and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Like we have to have our brain calm first Mm -hmm. before we can think straight. Mm -hmm. And so that ability to help calm their brain and then coach their challenges, you know, help them through and navigate what it is that they're experiencing. And then the last one is this, writing your wrongs. And I'm going to just leave this here because I think it's a nugget that that we really need to end on well. Yeah. Um, It goes back to what Christy said earlier, like, you know, um, you know, just this whole idea that sometimes this thing takes years. Well, this idea of being emotionally safe, this idea of really making these decisions and being famous at home. John Gottman, who's like a preeminent marital researcher, he studied emotion coaching in kids. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he found in his research on emotion coaching kids is that even if you get this idea of emotion coaching or emotional safety or showing up well to calm your kid's brain. So in other words, what this means is, is it means that we're not 
we're not showing up big when our kids are emotionally overwhelmed. We're not yelling at them. We're not, you know, ridiculing them. We're not, you know, punishing them. We're sitting with them. We're helping calm it down. And there might be consequences after, but we're helping calm down the overwhelmed brain. When our brain gets overwhelmed, it's like we're both ratcheting up and the the atmosphere of the home just goes out of control, right? right? And so he found that even if you get this emotion thing right, just two out of five times. So in other words, 40% of the time, you can still get the outcomes you desire in your kids. Like if you're listening to this and you're a basketball fan, Shaq shot better than 40% from the free throw line. So like parents, you can do this. And here's the reason why. The reason why is because of a word called repair. And the research says that it's the ultimate of relationships. What's the Bible call it? Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And how often does Jesus tell us to practice it? A whole lot. And so when we mess up, you're going to say things you regret. You're going to yell at your kids. You're going to act out of anger. You are going to mess up as a parent because you are human and you are not perfect. But your ability to show up and apologize, be specific about the offense, what it does is, and then ask your kids, how can you make it right? How can you repair the relationship? Hmm. What it does is it shows your kids, number one, that you're not perfect. Number two, that you don't expect them to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And number three, you're modeling for them how to make it right when they're not. Mm. And if you even want to take it a step further, one of the most beautiful, I think, ways that we can do this is to even invite your kids into saying, you know what, I'm going to go to Jesus right now and ask his forgiveness. Would you pray with me as I seek God's forgiveness um, the way that I wronged you? What a beautiful example of leading our kids and showing them how to repent and turn. And, um, and the research shows that it's, uh, it's, it's powerful in this whole idea of, of really showing up well and entering into your kids' worlds. And so those are the, those are the four things. Yeah. What a beautiful picture you painted for our podcast family, Josh, about just coming before our kids and uh, inviting them into um, just being part of that uh, coming to Jesus moments of asking mm-hmm. for forgiveness and receiving forgiveness from our Heavenly Father, but uh, just being able to repair the relationship that way. So I know it's been so uh, crucial in our own family the times we've done that. I also think uh, where it's been really powerful as well is when they know that mommy and daddy are having a fight or there's just you know, a little bit of tension between mm-hmm. us in that we have come and uh, prayed together and said, you know, mommy and daddy are, we don't always get along. That's just the the way that life is, but uh, mm-hmm. that we can ask for forgiveness and mm-hmm. show forgiveness to one another, how it's uh, changes the atmosphere. You're talking yeah, about atmosphere, sure changes the atmosphere of the home as well. When we show that we're not perfect and yet uh, Jesus still calls us um, his beloved. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Josh and Christy, yeah. it was so good, so good to connect with y'all. And I mean, I feel like we've been living parallel lives yeah. of sorts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, y'all have an incredible podcast, the Famous at Home podcast. You guys are passionate about marriages mm-hmm. and families uh, as we are. And plus, y'all have three kids. We have three kids. <laughs> we homeschool. Christy, yeah, we homeschool. <laughs> Christy, you're Canadian. We forgive you, Josh. <laughs> Um, and you guys have a golden doodle, right? And we have a double doodle. So it's just like, this is crazy. Yeah, right now our double doodle, our kids were supposed to watch her, but 
She made her way downstairs, yep. and she's literally sleeping at our, our feet, feet right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Ours is normally here, but he must be out back. I'm looking because... to see where Copper is. Usually, Copper is at our feet too. Yeah. I love it. Oh, Which is man. fine yeah. until, like, you know, the delivery truck yes, shows up. Exactly. And like, exactly. Exactly. You have to edit that part out. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh man! Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast with us, uh, podcast family. Once again, it's Dr. Josh and Christy Straub, and their newest book is "Famous at Home: Seven Decisions." I had to take a breath there. Did you hear that? <laughs> Seven <laughs> decisions <laughs> to put your family center stage in a world competing for your time, attention, and identity. Thank you, guys. Um, so, lastly, where would be the best place for our podcast family to pick up the book and connect with y'all? Yeah, famousathome.com. Uh, you can go to famousathome.com slash book uh, to, to find the places you can get the book. And uh, famousathome.com is is where we're at. So Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys so thank much. This is, this is always a delight for us. Refresh my soul to hear you just talk. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> So good, right? Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, I think I say that after every podcast episode, but it's so true. I always learn so much from our incredible guests, and there is always something that I tell myself, you know what? This is the answer I've been looking for. I'm going to add it to my parenting tool belt. And can you believe that this information is free? Seriously, such good information that you can refer back to again and again. And like we tell our kids, sharing is caring. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, we would be honored if you would share it with your spouse, a friend, or a family member. All the show notes can be found at inbetween.org slash episode 157, including links to buy the book and to connect with Dr. Josh and Christy. And now, podcast family, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We'll talk soon.